Hey, if you have your Bible with you this morning, turn to Galatians chapter 4. And I just want to say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Come on, look at someone next to you. Tell them Merry Christmas. I want to say Merry Christmas. And welcome to everyone who's joining us online from wherever you're joining us from. Merry Christmas to you. You know, listen, I, with everything we've gone through in 2020, whatever it was that kind of got to you, I feel like people, universally, this is true, people are anticipating and looking forward to Christmas maybe more than we ever have before. I mean, I just looked around and, and people in our neighborhood were putting up trees and Christmas lights in October. I went to the store and all the Christmas lights were gone. I went to buy an extension cord. They were sold out because people are anticipating the joy and the hope and the peace of Christmas like never before. Here's the good news. For us who believe Christmas is more than a holiday or an event, it's a lifestyle. The joy, the hope that comes from knowing that God loved us so much, he sent the gift of Jesus into the world to rescue us out of our sin back to a relationship with the good heavenly father. When the trees are put back in the basement or up in the attic, when the lights are taken down and boxed up, the tinsel is taken down and put away, the spirit of Christmas does not have to leave those who believe in Jesus. He says, I am Emmanuel, God with you. Every season, every circumstance, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. I don't know what 2021 has, has in store for you, but I'm telling you, he's gonna be with you. That's the message of Christmas. And today, I'm continuing in our mini Christmas series entitled The Perfect Gift. And the last two Sundays, I preached on the gift of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, that he's fully God, and that he, he desires to have a relationship with you, that he's a person. He's not a being. He's not a force. He's not a power. He's a person. And he desires, according to God's word, to have fellowship with you. He desires, according to God's word, to be your parakletos, is the word that the Bible uses in the Greek. And it means helper, comforter, advocate, friend. That's who he is. If you miss those messages, go back and listen to them. They're life-changing. But today, you might have expected that I would shift in this series called The Perfect Gift and share with you today about the gift of Jesus. The gift of Jesus. In the season of giving gifts, we're reminded that God is the greatest giver of all time. Every good and perfect gift comes from where? From him. God so loved the world. Come on, you and I, even in our broken condition, while we were still sinners, he loved us so much that he gave his only son. That when you and I believed, we would never perish but have life everlasting. Jesus is the perfect gift. God's the greatest gift giver of all time. As we're exchanging gifts and giving gifts and receiving gifts, let's be reminded this year that when we're doing that, it's to remind us of Jesus who is the perfect gift. You know, I did some research as I was preparing to preach this little mini-series called The Perfect Gift, and here's what I discovered is that there are actually studies that have been conducted that help us to understand what makes the perfect gift. And the number one thing that they found was that the perfect gift creates excitement and anticipation, not just in the recipient, but in the giver of the gift. And I was reminded that the Christmas story didn't start in the manger. It started in a garden. It started when a man and a woman named Adam and Eve listened to a lie from an enemy of their soul who was trying to keep them from walking in perfect fellowship with a good God. 
And they listened to that lie and they, they bought into it. They bit into it. And listen, don't blame Adam and Eve because I have a feeling that if they had not blown it, one of us would have figured out a way to make that happen. Amen? The story of Christmas didn't start in a manger. It started in a garden. When I believe God looked down and right when it happened, he saw and he knew in his heart of hearts, I'm going to have to send Jesus. I'm going to have to make a way. I'm going to have to pay the price for what they've willingly entered into, pride and rebellion, a, a willing decision to do things in our own strength, in our own way, to ignore the law and the word and the heart of God. He said, I'm going to have to send Jesus. I'm going to have to usher in Christmas. It didn't start in a manger. It started in a garden. And the perfect gift creates anticipation and expectation in the giver of the gift. And I can only imagine the angels in heaven all throughout the course of history, from the garden till the day that Christmas came, the expectation, the sense of excitement and anticipation that existed in heaven. Lord, is this the moment that we get to send you to pay the price? And God, as he often so does in our life, his timing is different than what we perhaps want or expected maybe over and over and over those angels coming before him come on like kids on Christmas Eve that sense of expectation and excitement knowing what was about to happen watching people being beat up by the devil and saying is now the time can we send Jesus to bring them home and him saying just be patient there's a perfect time and Galatians 4 says in verse 4 when the set time, there was an appointed time, there was a perfect moment in history. When that set time, Galatians 4 verse 4, had fully come, God sent, God gave his son. Reading on verse 5, it says God sent him to, to buy freedom, to purchase freedom for you and me who were slaves to the law. And reading on verse 5, and also so that he could adopt us bring us back to, his, to himself, bring us back into his family that we would be his very own children. The message of Christmas is that Jesus came in just the right time after thousands of years of anticipation and expectation and, and divine tension in that very moment where God said, I'm sending you Holy Spirit to a virgin named Mary who's betrothed to a young man named Joseph. And she's going to conceive by the Holy Spirit. And what will come from her will be fully man and fully God, but incorruptible. And it will pay the price to bring them back home. The story of Christmas didn't begin in the manger. It began in the garden. And the message of Christmas is God sent Jesus to bring you home, to make you free, and to adopt you back into his royal family. That's good news. The perfect gift, that same study indicated, it creates expectation and, and anticipation in the giver of the gift. And the other part of it was that a perfect gift is oftentimes a gift that the recipient of the gift either is not able to or is unwilling to acquire for themselves. And it's a picture of the gospel. Unable, we were unable, we couldn't earn it, we could never deserve it, no one was found worthy. It's why Jesus had to come on Christmas. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, a gift is a gift, and this scripture is powerful. It contrasts the wages of sin with the gift of God. 
And it contrasts the spirit of religion with the heart of Christmas, which is a relationship that's not based on what you and I can do to deserve it. We can never deserve it. We can never earn it. The spirit of religion is a system of working to find ourselves approved to be acceptable to God. And inevitably, we try and we try and we try and maybe we make a little ground and then we fall and we fail. The spirit of Christmas is a spirit of relationship. It's a free gift. It's not dependent on what you and I can do. It wasn't even in spite of you and I. It was because. It was because. It was because God saw our weak and broken lost condition and he said I love them too much to leave them in that way in just the right time with this expectation and anticipation that's been brewing for thousands of years I'm sending Jesus into the world that he's going to make a way to bring my family back to me in relationship not religion relationship come on that's the good news of Christmas somebody ought to say amen thank you Lord a gift is a gift it can't be earned it can't be deserved Religion is man's attempt to be good enough or appear good enough to be acceptable to God. And I was reminded as I was preparing this message of the Christmases that I would experience as a little boy growing up in the Texas panhandle. And there was one Christmas that we would go to on the family farm out, out near Dalhart, Texas, and it was blue jeans and old tennis shoes and four-wheelers and dirt bikes and dogs and, and jumping on the trampoline and in and out of the house as much as you want. Go grab a piece of pie, come in and out, go get another piece of pie. It was very casual and informal. And then there was another Christmas that we went to that was at my, my, my dad's parents' house, and that was at my mama's house, a German-Polish girl who met my Air Force granddad in occupied Poland during the war, married him and came back and discovered and lived out the American dream. She had a home in the city and when we got ready to go over to their house, in fact, just last night we were watching a Christmas vacation on a cleaned up channel and we were watching it and I was reminded as we saw that all the family begin to show up at Clark Griswold's house and there were sweaters and ties and suit jackets and formally wrapped presents as they showed up there at the Griswold family Christmas. And I leaned over to my wife and I said, that reminds me of Mama's house. Because while one time we would go to the farm and again, it was, it was blue jeans with holes in them and old sneakers and dirt bikes and running in and out. When we went to Mama's house, that was the Christmas where we would put on our Sunday best. We would put on our Sunday shoes. My mom would lick her finger and wipe the Christmas cookie smudges off of our face and lick her, hand, her other hand and part the, the hair and push down the cowlick because we were going to Mama's house and both were good, just different. When you went to Mama's house, it was formal. We dressed up, we packed, we wrapped the, the gifts just a little bit different, you know, no newspaper wrapping or, 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 or butcher paper wrapping there. We, we bought fine paper and we, we went there and, and, and at that environment, the, the nativity scene was, 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 were these big figurines that were gold and crystal, almost untouchable. And we would go into that atmosphere and my grandmother, God rest her soul, she was a wonderful woman and she had this thick, heavy German accent that had lingered throughout the decades. And one of the traditions at Mama's house was that before you got to open your presents, by golly, you were gonna earn them. You were gonna sing some Christmas carols for her. And she would get the, the little kids and she would sit them across a couch right here. And I mean, I'm telling you, what seemed like an eternity, we would have to sing these Christmas carols with 
the anticipation of unwrapping all these beautifully wrapped presents that were under this beautiful, magnificent tree. And I remember one time I saw it so clearly because I had kind of graduated from the couch to the other side of the room. And I was watching my younger cousins be tortured in the way I had previously been tortured for the previous five years of my life. And I'm watching them, and I'll never forget this. My, my grandmother, with her big, thick German accent, stood up, and she was leading them in a song. And she began to sing one that's popular. It's common. You'll recognize it. She said, you better watch out. You better not cry. And I looked, and these kids, these little kids start to cry. <laughs> He's going to find out if you've been naughty or nice. He sees you when you're sleeping, and he knows when you're awake. Who is this Santa Claus? The gift of salvation, the gift of Jesus, the story of Christmas is that you can never earn it. You can't sing the carols good enough to deserve to open up the gifts that God wants to send to you. And he's not watching to see if you've been naughty or nice. He knew you'd be naughty and he sent Jesus to make a way. To pay the price, to cover your sin, to cover your past. Listen, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you're going through. But I'm telling you that God did. The Bible says that even while we were still sinners, still opposed to God and the message of the cross, still living in our own ways, our own ideas, our own pride, sin, and rebellion, we were in that condition when God gave the gift. You can never earn it. You could never deserve it. Listen, on your best day, on your very best day, I mean on your very best day, the day you show restraint towards the person that cut you off in traffic, the day you don't say the thing you want to say to the person on Facebook about politics or the vaccine, I mean, I'm just telling you, you know, the day that you, your very best day, you still don't deserve it. Because the Bible says all have fallen short, all have sinned. Listen, that's, that's actually good news. For those who today would say, Pastor T, this message sounds good for you or for them or for those who are sitting to my left and my right. I'm just telling you, I don't know what you're going through, but I don't care what you're going through. It could not be too much to place you too far for the gift of Christmas to come into your life. I was reminded of a few years ago, we went Christmas caroling as a family and we went and visited some of our church friends, we went and visited almost all of the church staff at their homes and sang Christmas carols and delivered cookies. And there was one staff person that we were visiting and they had just moved into a new home. And so we didn't quite know we were in the right place. And as such, we were kind of approaching the, the porch of this home kind of cautiously and carefully, not entirely sure that we were at the right home. Until through the side light of their front door, we saw one of their little boys run through the foyer of their house, stark, raving, naked. <laughs> and we recognized him. We had never seen that much of him before. But we recognized him and we thought, we're in the right place. And we went and we knocked. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, stark, raving, naked. The book of Genesis kind of naked, naked and unashamed. There was no fig leaf. There was no holly. Someone said, look, it's someone carrying mistletoe. No, it's just a three-year-old naked boy running through the... And we went and we knocked on the door and they came and they answered. And, and we all kind of had a big laugh. And I said, what's going on in there? Are you guys enacting the, the nativity scene in there? Or what's going on, you know? And they said, no, we're just potty training our two-year-old. 
It's, we're just potty training him. And so we, he, he's naked running around and it just helps us to get him to the toilet. And it reminded me because we had had the joy of potty training a few of our own kids at how we celebrate them when they go pooty in the potty. I mean, you know, we exaggerate it because you want to affirm that good behavior, right? And so they go pee-pee in the potty or pooty in the potty. And what do we do as parents? We say, yay, yay, you did it, you did it, you did it. Here's an M&M, here's a cookie, whatever it takes to do that again. But I realize that maybe when we get caught up in religion, the spirit of religion, that maybe our attempts to be good and appear good before God, maybe God's got the same perspective looking down at us going like, yay, good job. I see you down there, you know, keep it up. You can never earn, never deserve the gift of Christmas. Christmas is the message, the story of God's undeserved, unmerited grace. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves or from yourselves. It is the what? The gift of God. A gift must be unwrapped to be experienced and enjoyed. Many of us have received Jesus in a way that gets us to heaven, but we have really not fully unwrapped and begin to experience and enjoy the life for which Jesus came. For us to experience, not just on Christmas, not just on Easter, but every day and not just on our good days when we're doing pretty good for ourselves, but in every moment, every situation, a gift has got to be unwrapped. And listen, how many of you ever had a Christmas gift exchange at your office or in your family? And here's what I've learned about that. You cannot afford to judge a gift by the wrapping. I mean, the thing that is beautifully, ornately wrapped could be a can of cat food. And the thing that's packed in a Walmart sack with duct tape could be something really awesome that some guy bought at the last minute to bring to the party. You can't afford to judge the gift based on the wrapping. Here's the point, Christmas. When God initiated the gift of Jesus, when the timing, the expectation, the divine tension had been built up and the right time had come and he was sending the Holy Spirit and he was sending the angels to deliver the message to Mary and to Joseph and to initiate the gift of Christmas, he chose a humble setting. He chose a humble setting. He chose a manger. And listen, that even over-beautifies what it was. It's, I mean, we say manger away in a manger. It was, let's call it what it really was. It was a donkey food trough. He chose the most humble of places, the most humble of backdrops. He could have sent them to the Hilton or the Holiday Inn or the Four Seasons, but there was no room for Jesus in those places. The place where there was room was in the dirtiest, darkest place in the corner of the city. And I think it was by design from the heart of God. Because he was saying right from the start, I'm sending Jesus to get into the broken places. I'm sending Jesus to get into the hurting places. I'm sending Jesus to get into right in the middle of all the dirty places of life. To bring people back out of that place into a relationship with me. To rescue you from that place of bondage addiction, fear, whatever it is for you. He said, right from the start, I'm sending Jesus into the most humble of circumstances to show my heart, reveal my heart to my people that no situation is beneath me and no circumstance is beyond me. 
Send Jesus into a humble place. I don't know about you, but in the broken moments of my life, in the hurting moments of my life, in the doubting moments of my life, I'm grateful that I can remember that Jesus was not some far off God. Jesus came to experience everything we experienced. Yet he did it without sinning and became the perfect gift, the Lamb of God, making a way for me to be forgiven. I mean, who's grateful today? Who's grateful for the gift of Jesus? I was reminded of the story of a prodigal son who was born into a wealthy family, but in his teenage years made some unfortunate decisions and got swept into a life of addiction leading to homelessness. And he was part of a wealthy family and over the years as he was off the grid, they didn't hear from him, even at holidays and special moments, those things came and went without any interaction with the son. They didn't even know where he lived or what he was up to or at some moments even if he was alive. But the attorneys and the financial advisors of this very wealthy family would come to them and they would say, you know, this son who's estranged and gone, we'd have never heard, we haven't heard from him in years. Would you like to keep him in your will? And the parents would say, oh yes, we're gonna keep him in our will because as long as we have the power of prayer, there's an opportunity that this could be the year that he comes home for Christmas. And they said, we, don't, we not only wanna leave him in the will, he gets a full portion. He gets a full share. Just the same as our kids who are successful in life. He gets everything that they get. Christmas has came and went. And the son never came home. More Christmases came and went, and eventually the wealthy mom and dad passed on and went home to be with the Lord. And as the family gathered to mourn, and as the attorneys and financial advisors gathered to become the executors of the will, sure enough, as they began to go through it, they discovered that this son who had gone astray and was lost and far from relationship was still written into the will, and sure enough, not just any portion, the full portion that was allotted to him as a son of the family. And they said, well, how are we gonna do it? We've gotta send someone. And they began to research, and they began to find out the region that he was last known to be in, and they sent someone there, and they began to find out through word on the street the city that he was in, and they went to the city, and they began to find out the street corner that he used to be on, and they, they sent the attorney with the letter in hand to that place, an attorney with a suit and a tie and a long trench coat delivering an envelope that contained an inheritance. And the man now weary and aged beyond his years, not in his right mind because of years of addiction, received the envelope, stuffed it into his satchel that carried all of his life's belongings, laid his head back down and passed out on the sidewalk. That letter for the last few years of this man's life remained in the bottom of that satchel, covered up by all the things, the, just the few things that this man had until more Christmases passed and this man passed away. And his friends from the street corner came and began to look through his things to divvy up his belongings before the civic authorities would arrive on the scene and take this man to be laid to rest. And as they went through his belongings, a, a tattered jacket, a tattered blanket, they found a letter at the bottom of the satchel and they opened it up and within the envelope was a letter that said, Dear Sir, we are pleased to inform you that you have received an inheritance. And it went on and it went on about all the things that were in the heart 
of this good father to extend to his son who had gone astray. I just wonder how many of us are like that son. Maybe we've opened up Jesus to the extent of getting a ticket to heaven, but we have not fully opened up the gift to experience the fullness of the abundant life, the inheritance, the relationship, the fellowship, the ongoing experiential interaction with God in every season, every moment, the good times and the challenges of life. It's what he desires for you. It's what this book is. A letter sent from a good heavenly father that's filled with promises of an inheritance, a hope, and a future in spite of the fact that you had gone astray. In spite of the fact that you hadn't come home for Christmas. Would you stand to your feet this morning? The perfect gift is often at the intersection of what we desperately want and what we desperately need. And today, if you're far from God, what your urgent need is, is to receive the gift of Jesus. The free gift. I mean, I'm telling you, you need to hear it today. The Bible is so clear. It's specific language. It's not of yourself that anyone could boast. It's, you could never earn it, never deserve it. Today, it really is a free gift. In spite of where you've been, in fact, because of where you've been, the reason that God sent Jesus to you. It's the reason for Christmas. It's the message of Christmas. It's more than a holiday. It's more than some good feelings. It's more than a tree and some lights. It's, it's God reaching out to humanity and bringing us home to himself. Listen, maybe today you're one of the prodigal sons and daughters. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home. You once served God or knew God, but you made some decisions. And today you find yourself far from him. And listen, if that's you and you're in this room or you're joining us online, I, I believe it with all of my heart. You are not hearing this message by accident today. This is your divine moment. This is your moment of salvation. This is your opportunity to receive and open the gift of salvation who is Jesus Christ. And listen, if that's you or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus or maybe today you're here and you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. Listen, do not wait right now. Lift your hand high towards heaven. Lift your hand high towards heaven. In this room, online, listen, you're online, you're in your living room, you're in your office, you're driving in your car. I think there, it's important for you, right where you are, to take a moment and to stand up or to take a moment and to lift your hand. You're not responding to a person or a preacher. Maybe no one will see it. But I'm telling you, your heavenly Father sees. This response and this outward response is the outward reflection of something that God's doing inwardly in your heart. So one more moment, one more moment to just give people an opportunity to respond and receive the gift of salvation. Right there where you are, just lift your hand. One more moment, here in a moment, we're about to pray this prayer with you. We do it every week together here at Rev City. And I tell us every week, we do it for two reasons. We do it to quickly come alongside the precious people, men and women and young people who are responding to Jesus to quickly come alongside them and just affirm them, hey, you're not gonna have to go this alone. There's a family that we wanna welcome you into. There's a people who wanna come alongside you and encourage and strengthen you in your new walk with Jesus Christ. And two, we do it every week because it reminds us, even as we're growing in our faith, we never graduate from grace. We still need Jesus this Christmas as much as we ever have. 
And so come on, maybe with fresh appreciation for the gift of Jesus, maybe with some fresh perspective, maybe with a deeper reminder of just really the reality of everything that the gift of Jesus did for you in your life and your marriage and your family, the things he rescued you from. Can we pray this prayer, repeat it after me, alongside all those who lifted their hands in this room and online. Come on, repeat it in faith. Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a savior. And I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price that I could never pay, to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. And I give you that life and I give you my trust. And because of the gift of Jesus, because of the cross of Jesus, because of the risen life of Jesus, I'll never be the same. Come on, say that, and then rejoice with all of heaven. Put your hands together for the precious people who came home, who received the gift of salvation today, whose name is Jesus. And listen, those of you, those of you who raised your hand today, responded to Jesus, received Jesus today, in this room, we have a gift, we have a Bible, much like the one I preach from here, a Fresh Start Bible. We have some discipleship resources to encourage you. We wanna put those in your hands today. On your way out, stop by the Welcome Center right there on your left as you exit. Just tell them, just say, I rededicated my life to the Lord today. They'll put that Bible in your hands and those resources. And listen, if, you, if you've given, given your life to Jesus today, you're online, would you let us know? We wanna send that, those resources and that Bible to you as well. You can text New Life to text number 30500. Or if you're international, you have to email us newlife at revcity.com, at revcity.com. Hey, we're gonna go back into Christmas worship this morning. And as we sing about the holy night, as we sing about the silent night, I want you to sing it today, reminded that they're more than just holiday songs. They are us singing about the moment in history that a real God sent a real savior into a real fallen, broken, hurting earth that needed to be reconciled, redeemed, and restored back to him. And he did it for you. He did it for you. Christmas is, is God's gift to you. Would you receive it today in a fresher, a new way? Would you be reminded as we sing these songs to close the service, would you be reminded as you gather around that Christmas tree, that Christmas tree that I, when I, whenever I look at it, I love the fact that it points upward and it reminds me about who is the real reason for the season. I love that that same tree, there's a beam that goes up the middle of that tree and there are all these branches that come out. It reminds me of the cross of Calvary. When I see the lights glistening upon that tree and all throughout our neighborhood, I'm reminded that Jesus is the light of the world. This year, as you gather, as you give gifts, as you celebrate, would you just be reminded in a new or fresh way about the gift of Jesus? Unwrap the gift. Live out a relationship with him. Don't put him on a shelf when Christmas has come and gone. He's God with you. He's Emmanuel. Not just a holiday, not just one day. He wants to live and abide in a relationship with you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Right where you are, would you just begin to tell the Lord thank you? Thank you, Lord, for the gift of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of Christmas. Thank you, Lord, for what it means to me. A life made whole, heart restored, restored back to a family and a father. Come on, let's sing these songs together today.